Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, Dan, it's Monday. It's showtime, so I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. There I am. Yeah, you're, you're, but you're excited to be yeah, here, right? Yeah, dude, yeah, always. Uh, are, are you as excited as Robert Smith? From The Cure. Remember that band, The Cure? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, as excited as he was to be yeah. inducted yeah. into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? <laughs> In case you missed it, folks, here is, I love The Cure. They were a great band. Here's The Cure's Robert Smith when asked how excited he is about being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's so nice to meet you. Hi. Congratulations, The Cure, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees 2019. Are you as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. <laughs> <laughs> by the sounds of it, no. By the sounds, that is the best ten seconds of video you will see. Oh, what a way to kick off the week! I was going to play that last, and I said to Paula, "I'm like, hey, Paula, let's just throw that one first. I'm like, because I really am excited to be here. Um, it, it, thanks, Joe, for cutting that too. Uh, so here's the deal: I did my appearance regularly, uh, my Monday morning appearance on Fox and Friends, which you all should watch. I do it on Fox and Friends on Saturday morning um, as well, and this. Morning, I got the opportunity to kind of tease a segment I'm going to do today on today's show, which is going to blow your mind about what I've been working on all weekend. How the fix was in from the start. Mueller knew it was a fix, and I did a little homework this weekend, and I'm going to blow your mind with an actual timeline. You're going to be able to see the timeline how Mueller knew the entire time this was a scam. I know it, and we're going to put a visual up. So for those of you listening on the audio, don't worry; it'll all make sense. But if you want to watch the timeline appear, Paula was nice enough to populate a thing yeah. for me, a visual timeline, youtube.com slash Bongino. You can watch the video of the show as well. All right. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at GenuCell. My mother-in-law, my wife, everybody uses this product. They love it. My mother-in-law, I don't want to tell you how old she is because she looks like she's like in her 30s, but she uses GenuCell. The stuff is fantastic. Do you wish that double chin would just disappear? Those bags and puffiness getting a little worse every day. Here's an email from Robin S. from Lubbock, Texas. I put that jawline cream on my neck about two or three days ago. It's the best my neck has looked in over 20 years. Several people told me that my face looks young. I am blown away. With GenuCell's natural actives and a pure antioxidant base with no parabens, no chemical scents, and no pharmaceutical preservatives, it's the clean luxury your skin deserves every day. Order right now, and the GenuCell jawline treatment is yours absolutely free just for ordering the classic GenuCell plant stem cell therapy for bags and puffiness. Here's what you do. Text the word young, like the opposite of old, because that's how you look. To 77453. Text the word young to 77453 or go to genucell.com. That's genucell.com. Genucell works for men and women and for results in 12 hours or less. The genucell immediate effects is also included free. Sometimes I have to use that before I go on the air there. Order now and get free three-day shipping. Text YOUNG to 77453 or go to genucell.com. That's genucell.com. All right, let's get right to it. So... Joe's Monday morning bell. Joe and starts off with the bell on Monday, yeah, ends baby. off on Friday with, uh, of course, our uh, our famous Friday closer. You good all know. Day, sir. So here's good day. Yeah, I love that. That's my. I love when you start. That's like a couple months old, and I love yeah. it. It's every, everybody loves that. We got our little signature things here. So, folks. I got a little tidbit of information um, this weekend. I've been working on this show all week, and here are my my notes. And then I have uh, I have a, a whole book full of notes here. July of 2017 is when this thing all hits the fan. Here's the lead. Here's where we're going to go with this. Here's the headline. Here's where I want you to pay really close attention. The question no longer is. Was there collusion? That has been debunked, discredited. For those of you who listen to the show regularly, it's old news. It doesn't even... It, collusion's a hoax. Only idiots believe in the collusion hoax, and only morons propagate it. And sadly, the Democrats have fulfilled their roles in doing them. <laughs> no one believes in it. It's not a question of did Trump collude with the Russians anymore. The question now everybody should be asking is that now that Mueller's concluded that there is no collusion that no American on the Trump team colluded. Matter of fact, they were offered to collude and turned it down. The question now is, when did Mueller find this out? And what the hell was Bob Mueller doing then for 675 days? So the headline is, what was Mueller up to on this collusion probe if he knew early that there was no collusion? How do we know Bob Mueller knew there was no collusion? 
Paula, let's get right to it. Throw up your timeline there. Again, if you want to watch at home, youtube.com slash Bongino. Don't worry, on the audio podcast, it all makes sense. I'll lay it out for you. Obviously, you are my uh, my primary consumer, the audio uh, the audio file. So throw up that timeline. We have, of course, in early July. This is I have this up first. This is the July 2017 timeline. Now, remember, folks, Mueller's appointed in May of 2017. I'm going to make the case to you now. I think he knew in May when he was appointed collusion was a hoax. Hmm. But just to be fair to Mueller, I'm going to make the argument that no later than July of 2017, he knows this thing is a total hoax. What is he doing investigating into this month? Wait, throw that timeline back up again. July. It is early July around the 20th that the FBI produces... The Peter Stroke Lisa Page text. Now, I have a question mark on the visual there with July because the 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 uh, these texts obviously people within the FBI know about these texts earlier, and I believe based on Mueller's prior ties to the FBI, there's a strong likelihood he gets wind in early July, early July about the existence of these texts. Why does that matter? Mm-hmm. Why does this July date, 2017, where Mueller gets the Peter Stroke text matter? Because the Peter Stroke text, he's the lead investigator in the Trump case, Joe. He's the one texting his girlfriend. There's no there there. They're texting his girlfriend, Lisa Page, right. an FBI lawyer. They're both married, by the way. They're having mm-hmm. an affair. Later admits in, in sworn testimony, Lisa Page later later admits that that, that, that there's a possibility as well as May when Mueller was appointed that there was a, that there was nothing there, that the case was was a chimera, was a dream, was a fantasy. They know this. He's reading the text. Now, I had that piece up by FoxNews.com, Samuel Chamberlain. It's an older piece. Uh, it shows when exactly uh, the, ju- the, 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 the July 20th date, when the FBI gets wind or produces these, these stroke texts. He produces them. They produce them to the inspector general's office. So right now they're reading the text about there's no there there, how Trump supporters smell, they're Walmart people. Right, um, right. They're reading these texts we have later. Uh, probably the text from Andy McCabe as well, right. where Andy McCabe is talking in October of 2016 about how the DOJ is questioning the reliability of their source. What am I telling you? I don't want to rewrite the script here. If you're a listener to the show, a lot of this is old news. But some of this is going to be very, very new, especially a explosive little tier one level bombshell I have for you. This is when everybody is reading the thoughts of Stroke and Page, who are live time texting each other at the time they're doing the investigation about how there's no there there, how they have to have an insurance policy against Trump, about how his chances of winning, he should lose a, you know, one million to one. Mm hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Mueller finds out now that this thing is a hoax. Stroke writes it in the text, Joe. He tells his girlfriend that if this was leading to impeachment, we could be part of something big and monumental. Yeah. Ah. But if I felt that this would, you know, was going to go anywhere, I'd be all over it. But there's no there there. This is the lead investigator in the case, folks. Mueller knows this whole thing is based on the dossier. If you don't understand point one on the timeline, none of the rest of the timeline is going to make sense. Because remember the lead. Bring it back out to 65,000 feet. Mueller knows the latest July of 2017 because he gets the text. Throw up that next line. Mueller, I, I have July 27th with a question mark. That's the reported date when Mueller gets the text, July 27th, mm-hmm. where Mueller's notified about the text. I don't believe this, folks. I think Mueller gets the text a little bit earlier, or at a minimum, gets wind from someone in the FBI. If he doesn't get the text specifically, gets wind from somebody in the FBI at this point that there's a real problem. Hey, Bob, I've got news for you. There's a bunch of texts that are about to drop here that may go public that indicate that the lead investigator investigating Trump doesn't believe this case is real. Not only that, it describes a whole bunch of Oconus lures, lures like getting fishing lures overseas mm-hmm. to lure people in. This is bad, Bob. So instead of Mueller in 2017, July of 2017, doing the right thing, this is why I'm sick of all these people. Oh, Mueller exonerated Trump. Mueller didn't exonerate Trump. Trump exonerated Trump. Mueller should have come out in July of 2017 and said, hey, folks, this case is a hoax. That's not what he did. Okay, moving on. The next piece in the timeline. Now Mueller gets wind of it. And instead of coming out publicly and saying this case is a hoax, what does he do? He dismisses Peter Stroke, who was on his investigative team, Mm. his investigative special counsel team. He 
excuse me, he dismisses Peter Stroke, but he doesn't come out clean publicly and admit this case is a hoax. It's not what he does. Instead, Paul, if you wouldn't mind putting up on the screen, this is what he does according to a piece by Byron York in the Washington Examiner. Stroke, when he's assigned to the Mueller probe, this is the FBI agent, again, involved in the Hillary Clinton email investigation and Crossfire Hurricane, who's now on the special counsel. Mueller dismisses him. Byron York writes his piece, New Justice Department probe asks, an anti-Trump text probe, what happened to Stroke in Page's iPhones? This was from December 17, 2018. This is fascinating. Listen to this. Horowitz, who's the inspector general, told Mueller he thought the situation was serious enough to remove Stroke and Page. Michael Horowitz is the inspector general who uncovers these texts where they're talking about this whole scheme to take down Trump. It goes on. Folks, listen to this. This is mind-blowing. Yet it appears that the Mueller office stripped Page's iPhone of all its data without ever checking on its contents. And they stripped Stroke's iPhone after a perfunctory check that may or may not have taken note of the content of its text messages. When Horowitz asked for and belatedly received the iPhones, he could recover nothing from them. Do you believe this? Tell me again how Mueller's a wonderful guy. <clears throat> I'm going to backtrack a lot. Excuse me. I've got a little bit of a cold, but I feel good. Don't worry. I always told you I'd never come on the air if I didn't feel like doing it. I feel fine. Just, But that's why my voice sounds a little different today. Mueller finds out from Horowitz about these texts. This text exposed the scheme. He then removes Stroke, doesn't give a public statement about, hey, folks, this is one big hoax. America should move on. He keeps investigating. Not only does he keep investigating, he removes Stroke from the team because he understands this guy's a political liability. They were issued iPhones. These are not their FBI phones, okay? I want to be clear on this. Their FBI phones are different phones. I think they were Samsung's. That's where these text messages that start this whole thing that are uncovered in early July, folks, just so you're tracking me, are recovered from. Stroke and Lisa Page, who were assigned to the special counsel probe briefly, are issued iPhones. Those iPhones, after they're fired, are wiped. We don't have the text messages. Can you imagine what those say? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why? Because there's something obviously to hide here. Damn. Again, what is Mueller hiding? He's hiding that he's investigating a hoax. Right, right. Now, watch what happens afterwards. So Mueller clearly understands at this point, based on his exposure to these text messages laying out the scheme, that he's investigating a hoax. Who's part of that hoax? Papadopoulos, Manafort, all these people are involved in a collusion hoax, a story that doesn't exist. It's fake. It exists in the mind of Christopher Steele and the FBI. What happens next? July 26th. Manafort's house is raided. Instead of an apology to America for investigating a hoax and being assigned to investigate a hoax, July 26th, they raid Manafort's house. In the early morning. Keep in mind, Manafort is not a great guy. I get it. But Manafort is never, ever charged with anything related to collusion with Russians at all. Bingo. Paula has an L.A. Times. uh, Here's an L.A. Times snapshot, August 9th, 2017, where they did a little recap of it. FBI raid on Paul Manafort's home demonstrates aggressive pursuit of Russian investigation. If you wouldn't mind putting up a a cut from that clip, it makes this is interesting. Further embedded in there. This is from the L.A. Times piece. The early morning search conducted by FBI agents working on the case supervised by Mueller came on July 26th. Listen to this, folks. A day after Manafort agreed to turn over records to the Senate Judiciary Committee, which is also investigating the Trump campaign's possible collusion with Russia. Does that make any sense? Tell me again how Mueller's such a great guy. Mueller knows the case is a hoax. He has the text. Instead of his apology, he goes and raids Manafort's house, Joe, the day after Manafort agrees to cooperate mm-hmm. with the Senate Intel Committee. Yeah. Why are you raiding his house? He agreed to cooperate. 
Listen, I can't say this enough. I'm not defending Manafort. I have no dog in that fight. I don't Mm -hmm. know Manafort. I just know Manafort's the key figure in allegations lobbed against Sean McCain in 2008 when he runs for president against Hillary and Barack Obama on the Democrat side. Manafort's the key figure in the exact same allegations against McCain that he colluded with the Russians. My guess here is Mueller needs to show that Manafort's a really bad guy, even though he knows collusion's a hoax because he's reading the text because he wants to save the reputation of the FBI. So he has to raid his house even after he agrees to cooperate. Folks, this is scary stuff. This is like police state garbage here. Mm-hmm. All right, the timeline goes on. Again, you can follow along at home, youtube.com slash Bongino. Again, in the radio audio program, excuse me, I'll lay it all out, no worries. What happens the next day? Instead of an apology for investigating a hoax because he has the text, can't say that enough, Mueller's reading the text. The next day they go out and they arrest Papadopoulos in a speedy, quickie uh, PC arrest at the airport. July 27th. The next day. George Papadopoulos, despite his questionable role in this whole scheme, I think Papadopoulos is, is, is the key to this whole thing because he set up early. Was there a FISA on Papadopoulos? Oh. oh, what about on Flynn? I'll get to that juicy little tidbit later. Instead of an apology, they rushed to the airport to pick up George Papadopoulos on a PC arrest. Folks, I can't explain this enough, this PC arrest thing. I was a federal agent. The overwhelming majority of arrests in the federal government, not in the NYPD or the state police, because remember, when you're a cop, you have to understand the difference. A probable cause arrest is one without a warrant. A police officer's on the street. He sees a, a guy assault another guy and punch him in the face. There's no warrant, folks. You don't call and go, judge, I need a warrant. I just, you just arrest the guy. It's called a probable cause arrest. You have witnessed enough probable cause evidence that this guy committed a crime that you are allowed to make that arrest. It's not unusual in local policing. Listen to me. I did both. It is very unusual to make a probable cause. In other words, no warrant arrest in the federal government. Mm -hmm. I've never made one. I've made a lot of arrests. So have my friends when I was a Secret Service agent. I have never made a PC arrest. The way it works in the federal government is you go to an assistant United States attorney with a set of facts. They draw up an arrest warrant. You swear in front of it before they draw up a complaint. The complaint is sworn to in front of a judge. Let me be precise. The judge then issues an arrest warrant. You show them the way I'm here for your arrest. You take them in. The federal government is different because cases work in reverse. They're, do you understand the difference? Yeah. Federal agents, the FBI and NYPD are not on street patrol. They don't right. witness crimes. We're investigators. They investigate crimes. Therefore, the information comes in first. Mm -hmm. You bring it to a judge and you swear to it. Now, a probable cause arrest in the federal government is not illegal at all. It's, It's perfectly legal. It does happen, but it is extremely rare. Why the rush to lock up Papadopoulos if Mueller already knows the case is a hoax? Maybe to shut down the discovery process. Maybe to shut down later on Papadopoulos going out and telling his version of events. Maybe to bind up Papadopoulos just long enough to shut him up. To try to find additional information that would prove that this dossier had some meat on its bones. Why would you arrest Papadopoulos? On a probable cause warrant for making false statements for the FBI, folks, when those false statements were made six months earlier in January, Papadopoulos is arrested July. Why would you do that seven months early? This is from the Markets Work hat tip Jeff Carlson, a PC Road, June uh, 4th, 2018. Lays out a little bullet point of this timeline as well. Uh, Throw that up on the screen if you wouldn't mind. My uh, lovely wife, Paula. This is from Jeff uh, Carlson's piece here. Specifically, Papadopoulos is arrested on July 27th at Dulles Airport at 7 p.m. in the evening. He flew in from Munich, Germany. He was booked the next day at 1.45 a.m. He was checked out to a federal authority at 8.27 on July 28th, 2017. Here's the key line. No warrant was issued. The entire event appeared to be rushed. What's the rush, folks? Mm. 
What's the rush? The rush is to shut these people down. The rush is to somehow put some meat on a backbone of a broken dossier that Mueller now knows is completely, utterly false. A total hoax document. Because he's reading the texts of the investigators that know it's a hoax. They're texting each other. There's no there there. These are the lead investigators. What else happens in July? This is our new little tidbit of information. An astonishing nugget I happened to fall upon recently. A uh, very bright person I've been working on with this case for a long time who is uh, analysis is prized by me in many ways. Super smart. Sent me a question I had to do some digging on. He said, you know, Dan, wouldn't it be fascinating if the first contact made by the Mueller people and Lieutenant General Mike Flynn and his family was in July of 2017? Wouldn't that be super special? Now, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, a couple things here. By July of 2017, I'm telling you, Mueller knows it's a hoax. He's reading the texts. It's a hoax. Also, Paul, if you would mind that Washington Post screenshot of the Mike Flynn investigation, keep in mind the FBI at this point has nothing on Mike Flynn. Here is an article by the Washington Post. I think this may have come from that undercover Huber account at John W. Huber. So hat tip to you. I'm not sure where I got this screenshot. So forgive me. I'm, I always try to give credit. But whoever put the red lines up, nice job. I think it was him. Here's an article by Ellen Nakashima and Greg Miller. January 23rd, 2017. Paula, keep that up if you don't mind. Uh, Joe, just to be clear here, mm -hmm, July mm -hmm. of 2017 is after January of 2017, right? Uh, yeah, Think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah, thank yeah, you yeah, very yeah. much, <laughs> Joe. Uh, just, there are liberals listening who've been vaccinated. Understood. Vaccinated against facts. Understood. So we got to get that out there. Here is an article in January of 2017. FBI reviewed Flynn's calls with Russian ambassador but found nothing illicit. Let me read the first paragraph. The FBI in late December reviewed intercepts of communications between the Russian ambassador and retired Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, national security advisor to then president-elect Donald Trump, but has found no evidence of wrongdoing or illicit ties to the Russian government, officials said. What the hell is Bob Mueller interviewing uh, or prosecuting Mike Flynn for? Why is he reaching out to Mike Flynn in July, months after this article comes out, and the FBI's concluded Flynn did nothing wrong. Paul has put the timeline up on the screen there. In mid-July, I can confirm that first contact now. He already knows he did nothing wrong. They've already leaked that to the Washington Post. Why are they reaching out? Why is their first contact with them in mid-July? So now Mueller needs to shut down Manafort. He needs to shut down Papadopoulos. And he needs to shut down Flynn to what? To buy him enough time to try to put meat on the bones of the dossier he knows is fake? What is he doing? Mm. Why is anybody celebrating the gross misconduct of Bob Mueller? He's serving a search warrant in the early morning. On the, on the house of a guy, Manafort, who he's never managed to tie to collusion when he knows the collusion allegations in the dossier are a hoax. And they center on Manafort. Manafort in the dossier is the key player in coordinating this whole collusion scam that doesn't exist. Why is he going after him? Why is he arresting number two, Papadopoulos, at the airport for a conversation Papadopoulos had with the FBI seven months ago? He knows the dossier and everything in it are false. Why is he going after Flynn and requesting documents from Flynn and his family in July when the FBI already knows Flynn did nothing wrong? What kind of unethical horse is this? Oh, Mueller, he did such a thorough job. He, yeah, as a police state hack, he knew in July at the latest this case is BS. 
Man, I'm loving this show so far. Me too, dude. All right, you know, let me get this in, because I'm going to continue. Yeah. We're not done with the July timeline. Very cool. I've got a few more points, and I want to move on to something else. July, this is the day that it hits the fan. Mueller knows it's a hoax, and instead of admitting it's a hoax, he doubles down, locking up anybody he can get his mitts on in an effort to dirty up Trump or try to desperately make this dossier look credible. This is a joke. Should celebrate Mueller. For what? Police state tyranny? Give me a break, Mueller. I'm tired of hearing it. All right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Proper Cloth. Hey, folks, when your clothes fit well, everything in life seems to go well. You don't want those pirate shirts with the wings at the bottom. Why? It's just with technology, you get clothes tailored for you. I have Proper Cloth shirts in my house. Paula, how much you love that shirt they send me? She does, red sharp. I got to put a picture up eventually. You're more likely to ace that interview, that date, or whatever else you're doing when you have clothes that make a great impression that are tailored to you. Don't buy clothes tailored for some mannequin somewhere. Proper cloth makes it easy. I did this. Took me like five minutes or less. For men to buy dress shirts that fit perfectly without setting foot in a store or paying a fortune. While most bespoke shirts takes months to ship, Proper Cloth delivers your custom clothes in less than two weeks. I got mine even less than that. Go to propercloth.com, answer a few short questions, and easily get the perfect shirt for your body thanks to their custom size prediction technology. Fits you like a glove. GQ sums up proper cloth properly. You could get a dress shirt and have it tailored, but why not buy one made to measure from the comfort of your couch? Plus, they offer a perfect fit guarantee, giving you a free name, a free, giving you a free remake of your shirt if your shirt doesn't fit. Mine was perfect right out of the box. Right now, get a load of this. You get $20 off your first custom shirt. These are beautiful shirts, folks. At propercloth.com slash Dan. Go to propercloth.com slash Dan for $20 off. Propercloth.com slash Dan. My shirt is fantastic. I got to wear them on the show one day. In case you think I'm like, ah, you know, there's fun. No, no. These shirts are beautiful. Go check them out. Propercloth.com slash Dan. All right. So moving on. Mueller knows this whole thing is a hoax. As, as The latest, July of 2017. Mm-hmm. Goes out, starts locking people up. This is what else breaks in July of 2017. And this is where I think Mueller starts to panic. Jim Baker, who is Jim Comey's right-hand guy, they're attached to the hip. There's a leak at Circa, a leak to Circa.com, an article written by Sarah Carter, about how Jim Baker is under investigation for potentially criminal leaks to the media. Keep in mind how significant this happens right around July 27th, folks. Again, the month this entire civil war over this case breaks out. That case is important because Jim Comey and Jim Baker are like this. Now, clearly, Comey and everybody else, Bob Mueller, knows that the head guy at the FBI legally, who's Comey's right-hand guy right there, they're connected at the hip, is under investigation for potential criminal leaks. How does Mueller and everybody know this? Because they're reading it in a Circa.com piece. It's out there in the public domain now, which Paul is nice enough to put on the screen. FBI General Counsel James Baker is purportedly under a Department of Justice criminal investigation for allegedly leaking classified national security information to the media, according to multiple government officials close to the probe. Now Mueller's in a real path. I'll bet Mueller knows about this leak a couple weeks prior too. Mm. Mueller, Comey, everybody starts to panic. Now, instead of again doing the right thing and coming before the American people with a massive mea culpa, Joe, we're sorry, we screwed up, this case is a hoax, Mm -hmm. we misled you, they continue to double down. What else happens in July of 2017? Additional evidence that people who are in the know on this case, who've seen classified documents, understand we are looking at the biggest scandal in human history, in political history. I don't want to be too hyperbolic. There's been bigger scandals. But in political history, I say that unequivocally. Mueller knows it. Everybody knows it. No apologies, though. They double down. The GOP responds. CNBC even wrote a piece about it. People in the GOP who've seen some of the questionable information, here's a headline from CNBC. House Republicans call for a second special counsel to investigate Clinton, Comey, and Lynch. Article, July 27th, 2017. Same day the leak about Jim Baker. 
I wonder who leaked that. People who've seen the documents now are clearly in their own leak war, telling people in the media just how bad of a scam this investigation is. Folks, I need my crowdsourcers to go out there now and start looking in July of 2017. July of 2017 for key pieces of information that are leaked to the media. Because this is when the latest Mueller finds out he is involved in the biggest political hoax in American history. Here's another one. That Cohen piece of information. Put up uh, uh, that timeline on the screen again. So here we go. Mueller finds out again in July that the thing is a hoax. What happens in July? The AP already reported it for us. Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer. Keep in mind, Mueller knows he's investigating a hoax. Mm-hmm. He's not apologizing, no? No. Go after Manafort, go after Papadopoulos, go after Flynn. Also go after Michael Cohen, as the AP has already reported. The AP reported in this little nugget of information, which if you don't know the July 2017 date where you should be paying attention. Remember, remember the names, remember the dates. Records show special counsel zeroed in on Cohen early. When exactly did that happen? This was the AP piece. In mid-July, as they already have told us. The AP has already put it out there. That this is when Mueller zeroes in on Cohen. Why? What are you zeroing in on Cohen for? You know the investigation is a hoax. Well, here's the coup de grace of this entire timeline. Why is all this happening? Well, Mueller, clearly at this point, after serving a search warrant on Manafort, coming up with no collusion, arresting Papadopoulos, coming up with no collusion, targeting Mike Flynn and his family, coming up with no collusion, targeting Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, coming up with no collusion, now absolving Trump of any collusion to this day because he can't find anything, Mueller, instead of giving up, goes back to Rosenstein. Rosenstein and him confer. And what happens on August 2nd? The revised scope memo is issued. The scope memo, which you can see, we'll, we'll place up some of it on the screen. The scope memo, which is revised, is largely redacted. I'm not going to read to you the whole thing. But the scope memo is this. Here's why this scope memo happens. Because Mueller was charged with investigating collusion. He can't find collusion. He knows it's a hoax. Mm -hmm. No apologies, though. He doubles down and asks for new responsibilities, which Rod Rosenstein dutifully complies with and gives him a revised scope memo on August 2nd. Why is it redacted? If you go and look at the scope memo, you'll see huge chunks of it are redacted. Why? What's in there? Are components of the dossier in there, which have already been debunked? Is Rosenstein and, and Mueller conferring on Mueller's new charge to go after obstruction of justice? Why? Justice would have been to absolve Donald Trump of what you now already, now already know is clear and unequivocal to be a hoax. It's a hoax. You got worked. Drop the L. Take the loss. You got worked. I don't know if you missed it. I was trying to be clear, but the new information there about the contact with Mike Flynn in July is just stunning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stunning. <laughs> You're not going to hear that anywhere else. Flynn was railroaded. Instead of apologizing to this guy for what they already acknowledged was a nothing burger, I showed you the Washington Post piece. They doubled down. Flynn needs to be pardoned. Stat. This is a disgrace. An absolute disgrace. To an American patriot who rose up the ranks to being a lieutenant general. Who has overwhelmingly positive accolades from everywhere. That he was targeted after they knew this was BS. To do what? To cover their tracks? That's what I think happened, folks. This is really, really disturbing stuff. All right, I want to get to something next because um, there was something brought up on Fox, Chris Wallace, uh, where I, I work at Fox. But, you know, mm -hmm. I have disagreements with both uh, 
the news people and opinion people. That's the one thing I like about working there. By the way, I was ecstatic to be back with Judge Janine on Saturday. I hope you all saw yeah. it. I loved being back. I was first guest right after Rudy. So second guest. But Rudy opened the show, and uh, it was awesome. So make sure you watch the clip on my Twitter. I put it up. I really enjoyed it. It's great to have a Judge Janine back. I'm a huge supporter. Love her to death. So I was glad to have her back. But I like working at Fox because when they hire liberals, they hire actual liberals. Some people see that as a downside. I, I don't. I don't get it. Like they have a news side as well and mm -hmm. they need to get both sides. Mm -hmm. But when your side is right, you don't want people to argue on the other side too. It makes your argument that much more salient. But I have a disagreement with Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace uh, was on um, with Bill Hemmer and he said something that, I'm sorry, I just don't believe it's true at all. And I want to proceed to debunk this using evidence. And I'm happy to go on Chris's show and debate it if he'd like. Chris said that the investigation, I, and by the way, Matt Palumbo has a great piece about this, an awesome piece, up at Bongino.com, which will be in the show notes today. Please go to my website and read, read this piece. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be at Bongino.com. Debunking the myth that the Papadopoulos conversation with Downer started this whole investigation. That is a left-wing talking point, folks. It is not true. Why are they saying it? It's very simple. Because everybody knows the dossier is a hoax right now, and the FBI's entire investigation was based on what? The dossier. So the FBI's like, no, no, we didn't base it on this dossier hoax. We based it on Papadopoulos and Downer's meeting. It's not true. Don't fall for this. I'm going to debunk that. Um, one final read for the day and another great company. And we'll, we'll knock this out of the park. Cause I don't want you guys to be falling into this trap and ladies it's nonsense. Okay. Uh, there's nobody on a planet like you. So why would you buy a generic mattress built for everyone else? We have a Helix Sleep mattress. It's incredible. It's like sleeping on a cloud. Helix Sleep built a quiz that takes two minutes to complete, and they use your answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. Don't get a mattress built for everyone else. Are you a side sleeper, a hot sleeper like me? I'm always cooking, and no matter what. You like a plush or firm bed? With Helix, there's no more guessing or confusion. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. For couple Helix can even split the mattress down the middle, providing individual support needs and feel preferences for each side. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out 100 nights for free. That's how confident they are in this mattress. I told you. We have one for my daughter, Amelia, who wrote this great note, which I'll bring up later. <laughs> and sometimes my wife reads her books at night, and my wife falls asleep on the Helix because she loves it so much. Right now, Helix is offering up to $125 off all mattress orders. Get up to $125 off at helixsleep.com slash Dan. That's helixsleep.com slash Dan for up to $125 off your mattress order. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. We love Helix Sleep. Check them out. Yeah, before we get to it, Paula, so my daughter, she's the cutest thing ever, my youngest daughter. So my wife told her to stop writing on herself with this clear marker. <laughs> she goes, my wife says, Amelia, go write on paper. Stop writing. It's a clear marker. And she was just like writing on her fingers with it. And then she says that Mimi, well, that's her nickname. And she says, uh, Mimi, you have to go clean up your toys in the living room. So my wife leaves and I go up to the counter in my kitchen to get something to drink. And I see this note. Paula, throw that up on the screen. <laughs> this is real. It's not a joke. <laughs> Sorry, mommy. How am I going to play when I have to clean up? Also, you cannot write on paper, paper, spell wrong, with that pen. <laughs> This kid oh, is priceless. I'm telling you, she is the greatest. I, I mean, obviously, she's my daughter. I love her to death. But uh, I, how am I going to play when I have to clean up? This is kid <laughs> logic. We're perfectly logical. You can't do two things at the same time. So they're my daughter, Amelia, uh, just dropping bombs on these. Oh, I saw this note. Yeah. My wife's like, I can't. I just, kid is, Joe's met her many times, right? This kid oh, is so man. precocious. It's incredible. That's cool, man. He's, he's a cutie. All right. So getting back to this. Yes, please stop repeating this myth that the Papadopoulos Downer meeting in the London bar is what started the FBI investigation. It didn't. It is a left-wing talking point to get you away from the fact that the discredited dossier was the FBI's entire case. Let's go through the evidence one by one. Uh, uh, point number one, if it's Papadopoulos' meeting with the Australian ambassador's London bar that starts this FBI case, where Papadopoulos is alleged to have talked about dirt on Hillary, which is not true, by the way, Downer... Even Downer dismisses that now. He says, well, I don't remember him saying that. Then why was Papadopoulos not interviewed till 2017? Does that make any sense? You have the biggest counterintelligence investigation in American political history based on a tip where you think George Papadopoulos has given up the fact that they colluded with the Russians and you don't even bother to interview him? Remember, he meets with him in May of 2016. 
Papadopoulos meets with Downer. He wasn't even interviewed till January of 2017. Folks, I was an investigator. I'm not stupid. I've investigated. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Secondly, why is it that on July 30th, Nellie Orr from Fusion GPS, working for Fusion GPS that produced the dossier, and her husband Bruce at DOJ are meeting with Christopher Steele on July 30th. Christopher Steele gives them information. This is the guy who writes the dossier. Some of it, I think. Bruce Orr then rushes over, has a meeting with Andy McCabe. Ladies and gentlemen, July 30th is a Saturday. Think about what I'm telling you. Now, for you federal agents out there, I got a lot of you listening to the show. I love you all to death. I mean it. Your emails are great. How common is it for a supervisor like Andy McCabe, who at the time is the deputy director of the FBI, to be working on a Saturday? The answer, uh, how common is it? Uncommon. I had bosses you couldn't even find on a weekend. They were in Ibiza. <laughs> they took a pill in Ibiza. Remember that Michael Poser song? <laughs> no, they did, I'm just kidding. They did not take pills in Ibiza. It's a joke. It's a song. Sheesh. Sometimes <laughs> people take me seriously when I'm being joking around. These, the supervisors do not work on Saturdays. So Andy McCabe rushes in on a Saturday, the same day a Justice Department official and his wife, who's working for the company, produces the dossier, meets with the guy who writes the dossier, and yet the dossier had nothing to do with the case that's opened up on a Sunday? Yes, the next day by Peter Stroke on a Sunday. But no, no, it was the Papadopoulos thing, folks. Do you understand how stupid you have to be to believe this? (laughs) The guy who writes the dossier... Meets with the wife of a woman working for the company, produces the dossier, who meets with a Justice Department official, who rushes over to the FBI on a weekend, who opens up a case the next day on a Sunday about the dossier. Gosh, stop repeating left-wing talking points. I mean, this defies credulity. Mm. You have to do some basic investigative reporting. Third, McCabe's already admitted, Andy McCabe, that they would have had no case without the dossier in a December uh, hearing he made up on the Hill, an appearance he made. He's already said the case wouldn't have existed without the dossier. Fourth, FBI agent Michael Gaeta. This is all in Matt Palumbo's piece, by the way, on our website at Bongino.com, debunking this myth about the Papadopoulos meeting starting this. Two weeks before the investigation has opened up, July of 2016, July 31st of 2016, when Crossfire Hurricane has opened up. An FBI agent by the name of Michael Gaeta, mm-hmm. who knows Christopher Steele, meets with him in London, and they exchange information, which is likely in the dossier. My gosh. Fifth, who is the FISA issued on right after Carter, uh, excuse me, after uh, July 31st, the Crossfire Hurricane case is open? The FISA is issued on Carter Page just months later, who is a key figure in what? The dossier. Mm-hmm. Page and Papadopoulos have no significant relationship whatsoever. Finally, Page and Halper. If Crossfire Hurricane is opened up, this is the kicker, folks. This is really going to blow your mind. If Crossfire Hurricane is opened up July 31st of 2016, how is an FBI informant spying on the Trump team, Stefan Halper, how is he reaching out to Carter Page, Joe, two weeks before that? Ladies and gentlemen, FBI administrative procedures, as clearly laid out in my book, Spygate, mm-hmm. clearly laid out. Even in a preliminary investigation, an investigation would have to be opened up to have used a confidential human source, even if it's only preliminary, to investigate someone in a counterintelligence probe. How is that, folks? If the investigation isn't open until July 31st, what was open before that? That two weeks earlier to July 31st, the FBI is using a spy, a confidential human source, to try to infiltrate the Trump team. 
because Halper meets with Carter Page two weeks earlier. Tell me again how Papadopoulos did this whole thing. Ladies and gentlemen, I did a show about a year ago where it's now clear there were multiple investigations opened on the Trump team. It's clear as day. All you have to do is open your eyes to see it. Um, By the way, folks, one quick administrative note. I I just, again, a note of sincere, heartfelt gratitude. All of you who picked up my sequel to Spygate on pre-order, Exonerated, the failed takedown of Donald Trump by the Swamp on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. It's available now. I'll put the link again in the show notes. You had us as low as number 12. Not in our category. Mm. Number 12 on Amazon out of their, what, 10 million books? I don't even know. You all are the best, and I love you to death, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. We put a ton of work in the book, too. We're about three-fifths of the way done. And it is going to blow your mind when I put it all together. Wait till you see the nuggets in this one. So please pick it up today. I sincerely appreciate it. You guys, you guys are amazing. All right. Uh, here's another thing. So I think we clearly, if you're paying attention and investigating this as an investigative journalist or else, elsewhere or interested in the facts, that that is the debunked talking point, folks. It's not true. It was clearly the dossier that was the central key tenet of the FBI's cases. Papadopoulos interviews garbage. Even Downer disputes what happened there. We had a boozy encounter. Downer's like, we had one gin and tonic. <laughs> you know, Papadopoulos said they had dirt on Hillary. Downer's like, I don't remember him saying dirt on Hillary. It's all nonsense, folks. Don't buy it. Now, I want to leave you with a, a final... Uh, do we have 15 minutes? Yeah, this may be, if not, I may get to some other stuff, but we'll see. I was sent a text this weekend by a source. This is what I've been working all weekend on, too. This is one of Andy McCabe's texts we've recently seen. And this is a devastating text because it opens up uh, an entire ball of wax. The text is from Andy McCabe's phone. And it talks about the DAG, the Deputy Attorney General, being worried about a FISA warrant on a, on, a, on a source, and that source is access. Paul, if you wouldn't mind uh, throwing that, that text up. This is a devastating text. And it begs the question here, who the heck are they talking about? Who are they talking about in this text? I'll read it to you exactly. A little easier to read on my phone here. Here's the text in Andy McCabe's inbox. DAG, talking about the Deputy Attorney General, Inquired about our plan, re, regarding that FISA target if he mobilizes. So we know it's a guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Given the physical access he has, let me know if you got the email I forwarded from Tash. I'll send this over. I'm going to, I may, I wonder if we can put a link to this text in the show notes. I'm going to send this to my wife now. That'd be cool. Because this would be really cool. Yeah, and Paul, I just sent it to you. I know it'll be up on the screen too, so we on the YouTube channel can read it. Think about that text, Joe. Hmm. In Andy McCabe's inbox, they're expressing concern that the deputy attorney general, Sally Yates at the time, Mm -hmm. Sally Yates, who we know hates Mike Flynn, and we know can't stand Donald Trump either. Trump fires her later. This is also right around the time that Mike Rogers from the NSA goes up to Trump Tower to brief him, and I, I... I don't, I'm not, I'm pretty sure some information's coming out right now about how deep the scandal is. Who is this FISA on they're talking about? Why are they worried about physical access? I'm working on a potentially explosive conclusion here. And I believe a lot of the evidence may point to a FISA they had. I'm almost hesitant to say it, but I believe on Mike Flynn. Now, what's the evidence for that? I obviously owe that to you. Yeah, do tell. Because this text doesn't say Flynn, but they're worried about someone with physical access. Now, Flynn, obviously an insider in the Trump team. Obviously, people know he's going to be the incoming national security advisor. Mm -hmm. People understand that Flynn probably still has access to things, given his security clearance. If there's a FISA on Flynn, 
it would make sense that McCabe and Sally Yates, who hates Mike Flynn, matter of fact, it's Sally Yates who goes to the White House and briefs the White House about the danger Mike Flynn presents because he could be bribed by the Russians because they were listening in on his calls, which is absurd. It's just ridiculous. Why do they need him out so badly out of the White House? This text would fit if the FISA was on Flynn. And oh boy, if there's a FISA on Flynn, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a tier one level nuclear blast. Man. Remember, we only Man. know about the FISA on Carter Page. I believe there was a FISA on George Papadopoulos, and I believe there was a FISA on Flynn. Let me give you another piece of evidence. Not just this text. Because admittedly, the correlation there is loose. And I am speculating that that text could be about Flynn. But if you read the Flynn, and hat tip to my guy on this, if you read the Flynn statement of offense, in other words, the charges against Mike Flynn, what Mueller's team laid out against Flynn, in some of the earlier paragraphs, they describe conversations and the actions that took place with Flynn after the monitoring of his call with Sergei Kislyak, the Russian ambassador. I know it's complicated. Follow me, because this is important. Yeah. Really important. Joe, if the conversation Mike Flynn had with the Russian ambassador, that earlier in the show I showed you, the mm -hmm. Washington Post said the FBI deemed nothing illicit. Right. But the public record of this case the Obama administration officials and other people involved seem to believe that that call, they heard Mike Flynn talking to the Russian ambassador because they had unmasked Flynn while listening in on the Russian ambassador, not mm -hmm. Flynn. Yeah. It's important, the difference. Yeah, I understand. You tracking me? Yeah, man. The official Obama administration stories, we were not listening in on Mike Flynn. He's a U.S. citizen. Gotcha. We were doing standard intelligence monitoring of foreign officials. In this case, Kislyak, the Russian ambassador, who's Russian, and we just happened to step on Mike Flynn as well. And we that? unmasked him and voila, that's yeah. how we got his records. Huh. Yeah, right. But if you read the statement of offense, it's puzzling. Because they seem to have records or some account of the conversations that had days afterwards between Flynn and the transition team. Now, to give you both sides of this, all right, and all as right. my source adequately put it, pointed out, it could be that Flynn just gave them an account of his conversations. That's possible. Because he was cooperating. But ladies and gentlemen, it could very well be as well that they were listening in on Flynn's conversations the whole time. And that's how they got this information. Was there a FISA on Mike Flynn? It's just fascinating that this text occurs after the election when everything's hitting the fan. They're all in a panic because they know they're all going to be discovered. And in McCabe's inbox is them worrying about the Sally Yates, the deputy attorney general, them worrying about a FISA target that had physical access. Remember, the only FISA target we know about is Carter Page. Mm. What physical access does he have? He's a civilian. I told you today's show was going <laughs> to drop some bombs on you. I, 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 folks, I'm, there's so much more here. So much more. I think they are genuinely worried about the discovery process, the Mueller probe and everyone else. The greatest thing Flynn could have done and Papadopoulos would have been to go to trial. Yep. Why? Because if they went to trial, they would have been privy to discovery material where mm. the government would have had to produce the evidence against them. I believe this is why Bob Mueller came in guns ablazing, charged them with everything they could under the sun, threatened their families and everything else to get them to plead early so they wouldn't go to trial. So there would be no discovery process and they could bury all of this stuff six feet deep. All right. Um, Paula, can you cue up that Chris Wallace Fox News thing with Jody Himes? I know I said I would play it last after Jay Johnson, but uh, I have a, just to defend Chris a little because I think Chris does try to hit both sides. I told you I disagreed with him on the dossier. But Chris Wallace had Adam Schiff's number two guy, Democrat, uh, what is his name, Jim Himes, or I forget his first name, sorry. But, uh, but uh, he's a congressman who tries to play a more reasonable Adam Schiff. But Himes also is a propagator of nonsense, Russia collusion, hoaxery. And he goes on with Wallace 
and starts to again go down this road that collusion exists despite it, be, despite it being entirely debunked. And Chris Wallace asks him a question. Watch Himes get entirely shut down. This is great. Play that. Joining us from Connecticut, Congressman Jim Hines, the number two Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee. Congressman, let's start with what you told your local newspaper in Connecticut this week about whether the Mueller report clears the president on the issue of collusion with the Russians. Here's what you told them. I'm not sure I'd break out a lot of champagne. They tried to make the case that the Mueller report says there's no evidence of collusion. There's plenty of evidence. But Congressman, and now I'm taking the, the, the counter argument to what I was discussing with Kellyanne, that's not what the Mueller report says. It doesn't say there's plenty of evidence of collusion. No, what the Mueller, well, first of all, nobody knows what the Mueller report says because we haven't seen it. We've got the four page bar summary. And even though my Republican friends are attacking Adam Schiff and others by saying that the Mueller report says no evidence, that's not at all what it says. If you read the bar letter, the bar letter says that the investigation was not able to establish. So, Chris, two things. No, can no, no. Be true wait, wait, same- no, no. Excuse me, because with all due respect, sir, that's absolutely incorrect. I'm going to put up on the screen because uh, we knew that this probably was going to come up. The specific quote from Attorney General Barr. Here's what he says. The special counsel did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in these efforts, despite multiple offers from Russian affiliated individuals to assist the Trump campaign. So specifically, the special counsel is not saying there's insufficient evidence to prosecute. He's saying it didn't happen. Right. So, again, two things are possible at the same time. Number one, uh, whatever happened, and there's 400 pages of report that we're going to see. So something happened or it wouldn't be 400 pages long. But whatever happened, the conclusion is that it's not a chargeable offense. No, and it's a, no he did, again, sir, respectfully, he didn't say it's not a chargeable offense. He said the report did not find that the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated. <laughs> Good friend. Listen, Chris is a yeah. news guy. He's on the. He's not an opinion guy like I am. Yeah, man. And hat tip to Chris. And I put that on to show you how I can disagree with him, and at the same time give him a big round of applause. Himes doesn't know what to say. Himes' defense <laughs> is hysterical. Did you catch it, Joe? Himes' defense is. Well, something happened. Right. You know, something happened. So, something did happen. In yeah. 1986, the Mets won the World Series in a surprising <laughs> upset against the Red Sox. You know, in, in 1974, December 4th, Dan Bongino was born onto <laughs> the earth. August 2nd, 1975, Paula Bongino was born. Something happened. You know, Mark Messier was a New York Ranger once. That happened. I mean, what do you mean something happened? I went to college at Queens College. That happened. I met Joe Obercost at WCBM while running for Senate in Maryland, and we became instant friends. That happened, too. So let me get this straight. His evidence for proving Russian collusion has been entirely debunked by a report he's clearly mischaracterizing is, well, hey, something happened. (laughs) Joe and I started doing the show in 2015. That happened. It has nothing to do with Russian collusion either. So good job by Wallace of nailing this guy to the wall. Himes has nothing to say. He goes, respectfully, sir, that's not what the report says. You can read this yourself. There's no evidence of collusion. Matter of fact, the Trump team was approached by the Russians and they said no. It's the anti-evidence, meaning the evidence is completely counter (laughs) to what Jim Himes is saying. Now you see why, like, there's a, you have to understand, folks, a lot of you don't understand, I I mean, I'm not giving up any secrets here. There's a news division and an opinion side. That's what he gets paid to do, talk about facts. And what he just said is a fact. That's a fact. The report is, it exonerates him completely of this. Your, Your defense can't be, well, something, something happens all the time. (laughs) Hillary ran for president. That happened. This is so weak and pathetic. It's really, I have a tough time believing Democrats are still holding out hope on this. All right. Um, All right, that's enough for today's show. Just one one thing on a personal (laughs) note I wanted to bring up today. I know, it's been a crazy show. I appreciate everybody who's excited. I teased it. Yeah, thank you, bud. But on a very serious note, you know, I was in the gym last week with a a friend. Um, I'm not going to obviously mention his name or anything about him, but... Uh, he's an addict. He has a drug problem, and I believe he had a little bit of a relapse. And I just want to say to you out there, given that a lot of it's in my family too, and I, I said to him, and I tried to look him in the eye and 
you know, we're with you, man. You have a home here in this home. You know, you're, I don't mean to sound hyperbolic or like Popeye, go eat your spinach. That's not my job. But I just want you to know that God loves you and I love you here too. And I know the struggle you're with and those chemicals are really hard, but you can beat them. And I told this kid that you got to hang in there and you have to get down on a knee and ask to be saved and you will be. And no people give a damn. And I say that because it hurt me really because I really like this kid. And I don't know him much. I only know him from, but I know, you know, I spend a couple hours a week in the gym and I run into him and I've seen this guy struggle and I saw what he looked like and it just rips my heart out. And I just wanted him to know you're not alone. And I want you all out there having a problem with chemical dependency or what to know you're not alone. You know, I care. I read your emails. When you, when I covered this last time and you sent me your emails with your struggle, those really, of all the emails that hit me, those hit me the hardest. I've had a problem with this in my own family as well and you're loved man people care and just know when you know when you relapse and come back it hurts other people too they need you to be strong because they care about you and that matters all right i don't mean to sound pollyanna-ish but yeah it's important and you know the show, the show is not just about current events it's about real world stuff too and we really appreciate you tuning in hey thanks a lot folks you just heard the dan bongino show you can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.